Hello and welcome back to Brace. On this episode, I'm going to be interviewing Tommy about a book that he recently finished called The Lombardi Rules by Vince Lombardi Jr. So, Tommy, tell me about this book. So, Paul, uh, this book is, in essence, a leadership model. Uh, it's what Vince Lombardi used as he started coaching the Green Bay Packers. And I wanted to read this little section uh, just to give kind of an explanation. But as coach of the Green Bay Packers from 1959 to 1967, Lombardi took a ragtag group of players that had floundered at the bottom of the National Football League for years and, in only two seasons, molded them into a championship team. The Packers won NFL champions championships in 1961, 1962, and 1965, as well as the first two Super Bowls in 1966 and 1967. So over the course of an, you know, an eight-year period, winning five championships when before he had got there, it was a team that was 1-10-1. and one. So it, the book is really all about his methods as a leader, uh, as written by his son, uh, in you know, easy, three-page, digestible chapters where the key takeaways from each chapter are put at the end. So really the book is about, it's not as much a story of Vince Lombardi as it, as it is a, a book about leadership. For sure. It's, it's also there to, you know, use the stories to kind of explain the rules, but really it's a leadership model. Okay. How did you come across this book? So I started going to these leadership seminars uh, in my final year of college and this was one of the books that was recommended to me. Uh, it was this and the team captain's uh, leadership manual and five dysfunctions of a team. Uh, those other two I have not read yet, uh, but I'd like to, and, and maybe I can discuss those as well. Awesome. Okay. Uh, getting into the content of the book, did you have some specific rules that stuck out to you or what was, what were the big takeaways? So one of the first rules in here is look the truth straight on. And one of the things I highlighted uh, was your principles only count if you live them on and off the field. So to me, the idea behind this was when you're trying to be a leader, you have to live the ideals, you know, whether you're out to dinner with part of the team or you're leading the team in a practice or in a, you know, I say practice because I'm thinking of it in the football setting, but when you when you take it over to the business side, when you're going out and it's not necessarily work-related, are you still going to act as the leader in order to retain that respect? So I felt like that was one key takeaway. Another key takeaway I found uh, was write your character. And uh, another highlighted section, uh, character is a series of decisions and choices that you make as you grow and mature. Character is not something that is handed to you. It must be forged through years of hard work and discipline. So the story that he prefaces this with is Vince Lombardi was a high school coach for a few years and then an assistant coach, I believe, in college. So him taking on a NFL team was brand new to him, but he had put in the years and dedication and hard work that you need to. And I think in today's day and age, everybody's kind of looking for the fastest way up. Everybody wants that get rich quick scheme. And 
people also look at billionaires and say, why do they need all that? But they don't ever really see the work that's behind all of that. You know, just as an example, right? Elon didn't start out as a billionaire. He he worked and created PayPal, was able to sell that, had some money, and then continued to put in the hard work and effort. And I believe there's a story of him at Tesla sleeping on the couch in the plant as they're trying to figure out and 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 make these electric cars. So people will easily criticize and just as a, a throwback to how to stop worrying and start living. I remember a chapter about, I'm going to forget the title, but it's about nobody kicks a dead dog. And the idea behind that is that a dead dog is not going to get criticism, but one that's standing out, doing the hard things, working, that's going to be the one that is easily criticizable, right? So instead of taking that, if you're being criticized, you know, unruly, take that as a point of you're doing the right thing, right? Nobody's, nobody's going to kick a dead dog. Yeah. You know, it's funny when you said the principle of your principles only count if you live them on and off the field, it reminded me of Bill Cosby criticizing um, Eddie Murphy for being dirty with his jokes when, you know, anyways, uh, that's, that's what came into my mind just to bring it back to comedy for a second. But really it's, it's the, it's the principle of if you're a hypocrite, nothing you do counts, right? Like, what right. are you doing? So it's interesting that that's one of the big takeaways you had from this book, I think, because it's such a basic and obvious thing. And yet it has to be said over and over and over again. Another way you can look at that is it takes a long time to build trust, but all it takes is a second to lose that trust. So it's a difficult thing to do to live the ideals and values, but you can easily lose respect in the snap of a finger when you start acting hypocritical to what you're telling the people you're leading is the way to be you know, functioning. Yeah. I knew someone once, I won't use any names because obviously it's a, it's a tough story, but that got married, had two children, was raising those children. And when they were something like 13 and 11 or something like that, decided he wanted to run off with his secretary and left his family and all of this. And then after about a month realized that he had screwed up hardcore. And so he said, I need to go back to my family and that write your character. Um, you know, your character is a, a series of visions and choices. You think about how hard it is to get to that place in your life where you've built a family and you've done these things. And then you can make a couple of decisions that completely change the direction of your character and then how how much time and effort it, it took for him to get back and he did end up getting back with his wife his wife was a, a faithful person and was devastated and obviously took a lot of therapy and trust and uh all of that being built back but just that idea of being able to create your character by the decisions that you make it's something that i don't think is emphasized enough for sure. And just to touch on that, there's another chapter in here. I, I didn't specifically highlight it as a key takeaway, but 
that's that's a bad on my part because I should have. It's about taking responsibility for your failures uh, or for your team's failures. Uh, and we're also reading extreme ownership, and this is a highly present theme throughout. And I just also wanted to touch on the fact that if you make a mistake, so in that story, right, like this individual made a mistake, people also have to understand that it's not the end of the world, right? Yes, you may have messed up, you may have lost trust, but is it worse to, you know, just give up entirely or to get back on the horse and rebuild? And I think that's an important message too. Totally. That reminds me of LeBron being interviewed one time and asked about Kyrie Irving having zero assists in a game. And LeBron kind of opens up the stat sheet and goes through and says, you know, you can put that on me if LeBron doesn't go, you know, five for 16 from three or whatever it was. And he just kind of went through these stats and he goes, you know, don't put that on Kyrie, put that on me. And Kyrie did have a bad game, but LeBron was being the leader that said, I'm responsible for my team and my team didn't execute. We didn't win. And so that's my fault. And I, I always, you know, I have plenty of qualms with, with LeBron as a, as a, a person and his political stances and all of that. But as a leader on the court, I've always respected his, what he brings to the table. Um, and I think, you know, when you look at any great leader, whether that's in the sports world, that specifically is what I'm thinking about. They always have that kind of extreme ownership and, and taking the responsibility. Um, for sure. Is there any other uh, takeaways that you want to talk about in the content of the book there? Yes, I, I've got a few more. Uh, okay. Every chapter has, you know, highlights in it. Uh, it. It's a short book. It's about 120 pages. But each chapter is, you know, just three pages and a, a different rule. Right. Uh, so something I also didn't mention is. He puts a, a rule up top and then cr crosses it out and then essentially puts a check mark next to the the rule you should be using. So for instance, on this next takeaway, uh, keep your options open is crossed out and the chapter is actually entitled be completely committed. So what he talks about in this chapter is total commitment implies a lack of concern for anything except the task at hand. Now, I, I wanted to bring this up because I think it's an important takeaway and it also kind of relates to what what is the vision? What is the future goal, right? And you can use a defined future goal as a strainer for all the actions you take to pursue that goal. Are you actually getting closer to the goal by taking this action? And if not, do not spend any time at all on that action. So I guess another point of this, and <laughs> I'm playing a little bit of devil's advocate with myself, is I think there's a balance to strike. I think being co completely committed is a great thing, but I know that if you take that to the extreme, like I have done in uh, my past 75 hard journeys, then when that goal is complete, now the question is what's next, right? So I think there's a balance to strike. That's It's curious for me because my personality, if you look at the Myers-Briggs, if you're familiar with that at all, there are four different traits to the personality. And I'm strongest on the last characteristic. I'm a P, which means perceiving. All that means is that I always want to keep my options open. That is the personality that I have. So if someone says, hey, Paul, 
I have this op- awesome opportunity for a trip five months from now, I'll say, well, I'll let you know in four and a half months because <laughs> I want to see if something better comes up. That's an absurd example. But the being completely committed, I think, is I'll take the opposite stance of you. When, when you have a goal and you decide that you're completely committed to it, like you said, it can be the filter that you use for every action and decision in life. And if you aren't completely committed to it, then it can't actually act as a filter because if you're viewing it as only a possibility, then when something else comes up or some opportunity comes up and you're not fully committed, you can just say, well, maybe this opportunity is better. And then not that you're directionless, but you don't have that drive that I think when you look at an Elon Musk or you look at one of these people that does something great with their life, they have a clarity of vision that has gotten them where they're going. And I think that's something we all should strive for. Just to to take it back to sports, and I, I think there's a few people that have this story behind it, uh, but one of my coworkers mentioned the story of the Lakers uh, when Kobe Bryant was on the team. You know, after a win, they would all go out besides Kobe. Uh, Kobe would stay and shoot another 5,000 free throws after winning a game. And, and, and that's kind of the dedication and commitment one needs to be great or excellent or as a leader to show the rest of the team, you know, first one to be there, last one to, to leave. Th- these ideas, they may sound like cliches, but when you dive in and you actually look at what these mean there's great wisdom in in these cliches they've stuck around for a long time and i think we've we've mentioned that before as well kobe is one of the most legendary examples of excellence in sports and i don't put him you know i I love talking basketball i don't put him in my top five all time personally but you can't deny that what he brought to the game was everything he could And you can't really say that about many other people in any sport. Uh, So I have so much respect for him. And I think he's one of the great tragedies of an early death in our culture, because I think he was a great example of excellence. Uh, And yeah, when you when you take that mindset of I'm going to be the first one here, I'm going to be the last one to leave you take extreme ownership by definition, right? You say, clearly, I'm. this is the most important to me than it is for anyone else. So the outcomes depend more on me than anyone else. And you have that ability to internalize that and make that true in your life. Man, it sounds like there were a lot of good stuff in this book. It was funny. I, uh, I split it into a five-day reading section. So I'd read about like six chapters, 23 pages a day. And... Every every morning after I would read, I'd, I'd be you know scribbling stuff in my journal just as wow that's that's something you know how how can I implement that? It's it's very good in that regard for just easy takeaways that you can implement pretty readily. So just to I'll, we don't have to you know go into a full discussion on these last few, but this one was from Be Prepared to Sacrifice. The highlighted section I have is teach your people to reach for the stars. They may not come down with any, but they will come away with a whole lot more than they would have had they not tried. And they will learn a valuable lesson without pain, turmoil, commotion, anxiety, stress, and tension. There is no growth, no change. So by trying to set super high, important goals or metrics, you're teaching them that 
you know, whether they succeed or not and, and hit those those objectives, they're going to become a lot closer to hitting those objectives if they aim high. Right. So I, I felt like that was a, a big takeaway. And then I just I have two more quick ones. Uh, explain the whys. So my boss's boss brings this up all the time. It's something that I learned uh, when I was uh, co-oping in North Carolina at another plant and explaining the whys. Uh, if your people know the larger goals and see the connection between their daily individual effort and achieving these goals, their motivation and their ability to succeed will be greatly enhanced. So I think a lot of a lot of people will get into management roles and say, okay, this is the way we're doing it and kind of take an approach where, listen, I'm in charge. I say, this is how we're going to do it. I don't think that is the best method of approaching those situations. When you, when you can explain the why, right? This is the way we do it. And this is why we do it, right? Like if you can link those two things, the what and the why, I think people are more receptive to hop onto that, hop onto that method or strategy. And then one final one, uh, and and again, I'm I'm skipping a ton of good stuff in here. I I, I really enjoyed this book. Uh, act, don't react. Leaders who don't learn from their experiences may create some successes, but they are equally likely to make the same mistakes over and over again. So this is just the you know the part of reflecting as a leader. And, and asking the three questions, what went well, what didn't go so well, and what do I need to change? Which I think are three essential questions to ask when you're trying to look back on the success or failure of a mission, a goal, a, a meeting. Uh, you, can, you can use that in almost any setting. And just asking yourself those three questions can allow you to prepare for the future and reduce the number of mistakes you've made. That was the last one I specifically highlighted. Uh, one final point is at the end of the book, uh, it says a game plan for the trainer and or human resource professional. So it, it just highlights how would you try and implement this leadership model into the place you're working, right? So it talks about giving everybody a copy of this, giving them a highlighter, uh, having meetings around leadership and and you know going into breakout groups depending on the people the number of people you have and and having these discussions and trying to okay well how do we implement this or how do we implement that and i thought that was really cool where there's an actionable thing at the end of the book that says this is how you could implement it right yeah so th those are really all my my key takeaways but well I only have a, a, a small comment here. One is I think we're going to be talking about a lot of the same things because those <laughs> themes in in um, Jocko's book is also uh, quite significant about explaining the whys. That was a big one of if your mid-tier leaders don't understand why the top-tier leaders are doing what they're doing, they aren't going to believe in it. And if they don't believe in it, they're not going to get their subordinates to believe in it too. That's awesome that that was in that book as well, and it makes a ton of sense. I think being prepared to sacrifice is one that everyone needs to have that internalization at some point. And most people do early on in life. There are people that live through a kind of a privileged lens that don't have to until they reach a certain point in adulthood. And then 
if you don't internalize that, you have a really bad time in life. So I think that's one as a leader that it's really important to exemplify, not just teach. Uh, that that's awesome. And if then, I could go ahead, jump yeah. in there real quick. I know that sports for me was a place where I learned at an early age to sacrifice. And just talking about the meaning crisis uh, that we seem to foresee with mental health in- increases, depression increases, uh, suicide at younger ages increases. I think we ought to be promoting difficult things, challenges, right? Paul, you and I discussed yesterday about there used to be in old cultures a a time period for men to to go out and challenge themselves, and they would come back a man. And a I rite think of passage. A rite of passage. I think the same can be, you know, it doesn't need to just be men. I think men and women need to face challenges in order to build up that skill. And on the other side, you can now have the confidence that I did this difficult thing. So I know just for me, when I had to cut weight and I couldn't eat Thanksgiving dinner because I had a wrestling tournament, you know, two days later, you know, and I'm, I'm sitting there just eating like a piece of turkey. It, it showed that there's a sacrifice needed, right? And I think internalizing that and, and making sure that I did that multiple times throughout my life has given me the strength to continue to do the difficult things, right? So I guess just one takeaway for listeners is if you haven't done something super challenging or difficult, maybe it's a good thing to practice doing in order to become better at doing difficult things. For the record, we here at Brace do not condone children cutting weight. It's uh, That's a dangerous thing. No, I'm just kidding. Listen, uh, listen, they have hydration tests, okay? <laughs> we, have to, we have to, you know, pee and they measure and, you know, all that, all that good stuff. Okay. I don't, I'm not familiar with all the ins and outs, but no, I agree with you completely. And, and we've, we've talked about that recently in our, in our offline discussions just about how setting a high goal for yourself allows you to be more focused in your action and allows the action to have more meaning. If you and I don't set a high goal for ourselves physically, then when we're facing our third straight day at the gym and it's, you know, the muscle group that's sore and whatever it is, there isn't that extrinsic motivator saying this is the the star that we're aiming to, to get to. Uh, and that's why I'm always impressed or I always try to celebrate when someone I know runs a marathon, runs a half marathon, anything like that, especially if there's someone that I don't view as a runner. I'm like, that's awesome. You set a goal for yourself. You made a plan. You executed that plan. And I'm sure it was challenging. I'm sure there were sacrifices you had to make along the way. So whenever there are those external signs, too, that say, I have the capacity to do this. And I, I view those things as something that makes me more likely to try to go to that person for uh, advice or anything like that about operating in the world, right? About life. And, um, so if you can find a way, even if it's something that maybe you, you wouldn't be celebrating, but just, you know, you haven't done before, I definitely encourage people to set high goals for themselves and have firsts in your life still, especially when you get into your twenties, it's really easy to be like, all right, I already peaked, right? You know, my high school wrestling was the most athletic I'll ever be. And being able to say, no, I have something to contribute and I have something to prove still, I think it, it adds flavor and it adds color to your life. That's a that's a great way to put it. I, 
I like the, you know, the add the flavor, add the color. Great, great way to put it. So, Tommy, just to, to cap us off here on the book, first of all, do you recommend this to everybody in every uh, area of their life or, or what? No, honestly, it, it sucks. Don't nobody should read <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> no, of course I do. Uh, I, I think that you may not get as much out of it if you're not in a management slash leaders leadership position. But if that's something you want to strive for, to be in a leadership management position in really any field, these ideas, these rules will give you at least a model to start, right? It'll, it'll give you a place where, okay, maybe I can try this or maybe I can try that. Uh, it's a super easy read. Like I said, each chapter is three pages. So if, if you read a chapter a day, you're going to have it done in like 20 days maybe, you know, 22 days. Uh, I, can, and, I can think of a friend that very much doesn't like the the depth necessary or the time constraints that goes into reading sometimes. So that might be a, a good gift, it sounds like, for someone that, um, you know, just a couple of pages is about all they want to read in a day, right? For sure. And I, th I think the story behind it's inspiring. Like I, I've already said, but eight-year career with five championships, clearly there's there's a method to this this success, right? And I think we ought to be looking at those leaders that have succeeded in the past and trying to learn from them. So I would truly recommend this book to, to anybody and everybody. Uh, and, you know, it may still be good for people that don't aspire to be leaders to understand, you know, ways that maybe they can give some feedback to their bosses and say, hey, do you think we might be able to implement this? I think this could be, this could make our job easier, or it could at least inspire us on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, and it's worth, I feel like it's worth mentioning at this juncture that just because you don't have subordinates doesn't mean you're not a leader, right? Anyone in any position in any organization can lead through their actions. So I, I do encourage, uh, especially if you struggle with that, pick up the book, give it a try. It sounds like Tommy had a great experience with it. Uh, is there anything else you want to leave our listeners with? I think, I think I've hit on, on most of it. Um, awesome. But, but truly, you know, there's, there's a ton of other awesome points in here. So like Paul said, take a, take a read. This was Lombardi rules by Vince Lombardi jr. Thank you very much for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, whenever you're listening to this Brace podcast. We ask you to follow us on Instagram at Brace.22. Paul's Twitter is at Paul from Brace. And be sure to email us at Brace22 at ProtonMail.com. Please leave us a five-star review wherever you are listening and send to a friend if you found value in this discussion. Thanks. We appreciate it.